Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, John Obolewski, and today, our guest, Josh Spurlock. Gentlemen, good, good, good to see you once more. Good to be seen. Yeah, Jim, good to be here again. Yeah, Josh, I, I, you're you're just, I, I think you have the, you, you should get like a frequent flyer punch card and like every every fifth podcast or something, you get a free donut or something. Because you are or a donut yeah, or something like that. I, I go for that. You know, you are our, our, one of our favorite guests. And, and as we were saying on our last episode, there is this, there's this moment. It seems like every time we talk, talk to you where we, where John and I kind of like, we're not quiet people. I, I think I'm an extroverted thinker. I don't know what I'm thinking until I hear myself say it. John's more measured in his words, which I, I appreciate, but both of us sit in stunned silence at least once <laughs> during, the, during the course <laughs> of the podcast. And it happened again on the last time. And, and, God, God help you. We're not gonna, we're not gonna say do it again, Josh. But we we learn, I think, about ourselves as much as anything else we're talking about when we talk to you. And could you give us because some some maybe just listening for the first time or they missed the last one? Could you give us kind of a brief recap of of what uh, what happened in 167 as we now get into 168? Yeah, for sure. So you know, last time we spent a little bit of time talking about. Uh, the reality of the immense volume of loss that is a part of this uh, season in human history that we have been in, and thus how significant the ability to grieve and metabolize loss is in being able to navigate in a healthy way the challenges that we're facing and not find ourselves in burnout. And that the some of the keys to doing that really are a recognizing it's the, it's the little losses that cumulatively tend to get us, you know, the things that we don't register as being losses were that because of shaming messages that we have received over the course of our life have caused us to uh, sweep under the rug or to downplay the impact of small losses that are part of our life. That's allowing them to accumulate over time. And the, the, the key to really changing that dynamic really involves enlisting the community that we have around us by vulnerably naming that tendency to minimize the losses that are part of our life and giving ourselves and others permission to name the losses that they're experiencing and to bear those with each other, bearing one another's burdens in a way that regulates our nervous system, metabolizes the loss, and allows us to move through that in a very healthy way, as opposed to carrying those things around in a sack on our back until they crush us. Right, right. And and in that moment when you don't expect it, right, it's that it's that one last thing that yes. we just don't have the capacity for. And you say, why'd you get so upset? I just, you know, I didn't wash the car. I didn't put gas in the car. What's the big deal? Yeah. And you realize, well, it isn't that. It's the it's the hundred things before that yeah. adding up. It's the it's the talk radio. It's the 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 frustration at work. It's the it's the disappointment that you know something didn't happen you wanted to happen. And now all of a sudden yes. you're a mess. Right on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, we talked about the changing things. Where do you where do you see mental and, and emotional health going are, are, as a as a culture 
from your interaction with just people at the grocery store or people you're counseling, are we getting healthier coming out of this? Are we getting less healthy? I would, just talking to leaders who are, who are helping people, are we winning this war? Are we losing this war? Is the war morphed? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's morphed. Okay. That the, what we're, you know, I tend to be an optimist. I think the king is going to win mm-hmm. and he's building his church and nothing's going to defeat it. And, you know, yeah. that, that our God is bringing restoration, all things, and he's using us to do that. And so I tend to look at the struggle and the challenge and go, what is God up to in the midst of this? And when it comes to the challenges that we're facing, some of the the silver lining or God lining, if you were, in these things, is it is uh, forcing us to face and deal with things that less difficult times don't force us to face and deal with. You know, mm, right, right. We can just skirt by in a way that um, when things are are not as intense that we can't during a season like this. And while that causes some real problems, those problems are real opportunities, opportunities to find healing and to experience transformation in ourself in ways that have been undermining our effectiveness in ministry for a long time, but weren't bad enough to force us to do something different. And so we can either right. come to a place where we throw in the towel or we can lean into the transformation that ultimately will lead to effectiveness in ministry like we've never seen before yeah. on the other side of these things. Yeah. And that's what right. I hope we do. Right. That's the optimist speaking, right? Is that right? The, it, the, whatever we're going through is giving us an opportunity to actually be a lot better at what we do. And so failure today is not necessarily a sign of failure. It's a sign of growth. It's a sign of morphing and changing. And uh, lest we fall into that trap of minimizing and whitewashing and spiritualizing kind of uh, the losses, that doesn't mean it doesn't suck right now. Right. That part of acknowledging the grief is all of that is true. And this is really hard. Right. right. This is really disappointing. Yeah. This yeah. is there's been some real betrayals. You know, mm-hmm. politics have gotten into my friend group and in my mm-hmm. board yeah. and in my church in ways that I just couldn't imagine that yeah. was going to tear us apart the way that it has. And there's mm-hmm. loss in those relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just all of that has to be acknowledged and, and dealt with as well. Can I ask just one question, John? I, I just a little bit off script, but so so let's let's say all pastors have been through this. John and I wrote a book called "Putting the Good in Goodbye." It's mm-hmm. it's about the, the comings and goings of people from the local congregational church, yes. and and because it's it's one thing to say I, I don't feel fed. That's hard, right? But but mm-hmm. you did too much of this. You didn't do enough of that. This this issue that was social or political or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, there there's been a real uh, tearing of the fabric of of the church. So, yes. so now we're going to help leaders, pastors, youth pastors, wives, spouses, you know what I mean? That can be in leadership as well. How, how do we know that we've grieved it? What, what does that look like to grieve yeah, it? How question. do we know when it's grieved Yeah, and, and now we're okay. It doesn't, yesterday's pain is not making me afraid today or angry 
free today? Or how, how do I know that? Yeah. So requires you to be attuned to your own nervous system and your own self. Okay. Right. And so as I uh, can talk about with my spouse or with my close friends, the uh, loss, whatever it is, and can notice within myself that I can uh, view it in a historical perspective, right? I see it as in the past and I'm at peace with it. I've come to terms with that. I don't need to avoid it. I don't need to not talk about it. I don't need to kind of gloss over it with okay. you know, kind of spiritual glossing. Um, but I can just look it in the face and sit with it and be like, yeah, that was really hard, you know, mm-hmm. and be okay. I can feel in my chest and my stomach that it's it's in the past. It's not still alive that I've been able to accept the loss and come to terms with it. My body tells me that I've grieved it. Versus I talk about it and I step with it and I feel the knot in my stomach and the tension in my chest. And I just want to get the heck away from the topic or the subject. That's the blaring red light indicator that this is not grieved. This is not through the point of acceptance. It's alive and well in my nervous system, unresolved. One of my team has a saying, and let me just run it past you with your your scientific and experience knowledge. Mm -hmm. He says, if I relive it, when I retell it, I'm not over it. Does that does that seem like a decent rule of thumb? Slay it, slow down. When I yeah, relive if, it. if if I relive it, when when I retell it, that means I'm not over it. Yeah, right. And so the reliving it is it that not in the stomach and in the chest. Yes, it's it's alive in the nervous system right now. That's a great yeah. way to say. It. If I relive it, I'm living okay. it again. It's not in the past. I'm not viewing it like I'm watching an old VHS videotape and remembering right. what happened, acknowledging it. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's happening today in my nervous system because it is. That right. unresolved right. trauma lives in an untime stamp place within our brain and it perpetually right. is in the present until it's resolved. And grief, losses hmm. that are ungrieved live in that space. It lives in the present until it's resolved. There's yes. no time stamp. Yeah, yeah. So it literally doesn't pass through the time stamping part of the brain, which is a right. gift from the Lord. We think about it as a bad thing, mm. but it means that a bad things that we've experienced that haven't yet been able to resolve, there's still hope for them. They're still malleable, okay. not like locked in, and I'm going to be stuck like this forever. Okay. It's untime stamped. It's malleable. In the so, present. would this be one of the reasons, like a, a first responder, police officer, combat veteran, have a higher suicide depression? addiction rate okay because it they're still in vietnam if you will or or we'll we'll make it we're they're still in world war one so we're not talking about anybody in general okay and vietnam iraq you know or in um, natural disaster kind of trauma or family emotional trauma like it's or in your church trauma gosh when you're betrayed by a close colleague or friend like that's attachment trauma is big or infidelity yeah. in your relationship. I, like John, would you agree that 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 fellowship trauma is probably one of the more painful experiences that I've experienced personally? My, I, I have family members that have passed away that I, that I have grieved, but I'm not I'm not mad at them for passing away. <laughs> Versus, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really wrestling with. It's more of a divorce than a death when it, yes. when that happens in a church setting. Right. It's it's awful, I would, and, I would and, you, and you're afraid. You're afraid to love the next guy because of what the last guy did to you. Yes. And now you're impotent to be what yes. God's called you to be. Yeah. 
So, Jim, I was in front of a group of pastors last night, and I asked them, what are, what are some of your biggest disappointments or, or pains in ministry? Uh, one, of the, one of the ones that made it on the whiteboard last night was saying goodbye to people. And they didn't yeah. mean saying goodbye to people who were dying. It was saying goodbye to people who were leaving yes. the yeah, church yeah. that they pastored. And um, and uh, as I reflect on my years as a lead pastor, I do believe uh, that's right up there at the top of the most painful yes. experiences yeah. that I've ever had uh, as a pastor. And uh, so, yes, I, I agree. Can we talk so, about that for just a moment? I was going to say, Go ahead, can I? Yeah, well, the, so what I'm hearing from the last podcast and this podcast, right? So him sharing that and me sharing that just just helped both of us by 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 not saying yeah aren't they bad people by saying yeah doesn't that suck mm -hmm. that was helpful to both of us mm -hmm. so so keep going what what else do we yes, do now that's Josh? what I want to do you know just identifying okay. that reality you know let's let's use that as a case example for a moment just to think about what does grieving look like yeah. in that with that yeah. scenario. And one of the things that causes us to get stunted in that grieving process is the, again, the shame message from the enemy that would suggest that if we we really loved people, if we were really Christ-like, if we were really spiritual, if we were really whatever, what we're supposed to be, yeah. we wouldn't feel the things that we are feeling. Right. We have to get, you know, recognize that as a scheme of the enemy, yeah. uh, name it share it with someone else so that they can neutralize that together with you and to really acknowledge what is, whatever that is. I can tell you what's likely to be in there, but we're not looking to try to feel what Josh tells you to feel, but instead to attune to your nervous system and recognize what you do feel and that to be pissed. Can I use pissed as pissed? Yeah. Yeah. Acceptable on this podcast yes. and that now you can blurb it out, you know, <laughs> at some point and that, but to be angry. Yeah, that anger is a, a part of grief and recognizing yeah. loss, you know, regardless of the circumstances around it, that's just part of this hurts and this is a loss. Yeah. Here. So to being able to acknowledge yeah. that, you know, I'm really angry that this person's leaving. You know, yeah. I'm really disappointed with them. Right. Um, yeah, this is not, you know, what I expected of them and not what I wanted for our relationship. And uh, and I'm sad, you know. It hurts to see them go in this. You know, Josh. When I'm thinking about those moments where I've been on the other end of that with a pastor, mm -hmm. and I feel like saying, I, I at times I feel if I said that really stinks, and I do say that. Mm -hmm. And I know that really hurts. And I'm really sorry that you're going through that. Mm -hmm. There's a little voice in my mind saying, okay, you've got to add something hopeful or optimistic to no, that no, in order for that yeah, to right, be a right, good right. conversation. No. No. Can you help yeah. us help, help me resist with all your might? <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's just, what they say. Just well, yeah, bear a, it with yeah. them. Right. It's pruning Don't tell them why they yeah, shouldn't right. feel what it is they're yeah. feeling or why, yeah, right. you know, something that just bear it with them. <clears throat> just hold it with right. them and be with them in it. 
That is what bearing one another's burden is about. And it's powerful and it's transformative and it enables us to grieve and move through it. Is what you're saying or thinking true? Is there life after this? Is there character development in this? Is God going to use this? Absolutely. All of that is true. Can it? Yeah. That. It would just prove <laughs> to be true. And that. Stay yeah. with yeah. burying it with them. Right. And they will move through to completion yeah. of that grief. You know, I think of is, is when Job goes through what he goes through, his friends show up. And for three days, they sit together in silence and everything's okay yes. until they start talking. <laughs> right. So I want to give you right, a magic be, phrase. This yeah. is this is really useful with as I'm sitting with folks going mm-hmm. through this. Okay. Simple. Is there more? Mm-hmm. Just invite, invite. Yeah. yeah. The folks kind of go and they are, you know, they're, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so hurt, I'm frustrated, da, 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 and you're sharing, you're holding it with them. Is there more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I think, da, 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 is there more? Is there more? Is there more? Is there more? Yeah. Until we reach the bottom of it. No, I don't think there's more. How do you? Here's the next phrase. Okay, this is really important. How do you know? Inviting people to check in with the nervous system. Because when when you have moved through that to completion, you will feel it release in your body. Yeah. And there'll be a... Yeah. How do I know that there's not any more? I can feel it in my body. That's it. Right. My, and Josh, my experience with that, it's a little bit different example of it. But the, the, the first, I don't know, 10, 15 times that I got up in front of an audience to share my experience with major depression, mm-hmm. it was still raw when I shared oh, yeah. it. I felt the pain mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. in that moment. And that was many, many, many years ago. Yeah. And now when I share that story, I don't feel any of that. I, mm-hmm. um, that that experience is away from me. Is that similar to what you're talking about in a sense? Yes. And I think, you know, if, if I spend some time with you unpacking that a little bit, what I would expect to find is that each time that you did that, what you were met with was people coming up to you afterwards saying, thank you so much for sharing right. that. 100%. that. That was so helpful to me. That yeah. feels so giving me permission. It resonated. Permission. I feel that same way. And it's the combination of those two things. It wasn't just that you shared it. It was Mm. what was met with when you shared it, that others came. And the combination of you being vulnerable and putting yourself out there and people catching you and that vulnerability, meeting you in that space and you feeling accepted, seen, appreciated, cared about in that vulnerability that you just shared, the combination of those things brought healing and transformation for you. That's so good. You know, I I, I think, um, Jim, I think maybe I'd like to skip over question five. Yeah. If that's okay. Yeah. Would you, yeah. Would you jump into number six? Yeah. Us? So the, the last one that we have is what, what practical steps can a leader um, take to create a culture of mental, emotional health with their staff, with their congregations. Like, so we, we, we're talking reactive. We, we're feeling this and now we're getting help. What's the proactive? What, what environment, what culture 
with things on the walls, things on the wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What, what, what is our mantras that keep us mindful of, are we okay today? And if not, yeah. what do we do next? Yeah. So the, the proactive thing <clears throat> is a reactive thing. <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. And what I mean is that uh, recognizing that all of us have the scars and the wounds and the the injury of our soul from the yeah. the, the brutal um, battle that engaging frontline ministry is, you know, that none of us are unscathed from that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's our willingness to be with our own wounding and to lean into our own healing and to be vulnerable with the sharing of that journey and that process with our leaders and the people around us that gives others the permission and the courage to do the same. Mm -hmm. And no amount of platitudes, no amount of talking about safety, no amount of monologuing about the importance of these things is going right. to convey and create that within your organization. If you as the leader are not willing to go there first yourself, you cannot right. lead where you're not willing to go. That right. is so good. Cause I, I think, you know, in my mind, Josh, I've thought of that the prescription. I don't know. Prescription is a bad word is we architect something. Mm-hmm. You know, we architect the environment. We architect, program it almost in a way. And what I think I hear you saying it, I don't think there's, you're saying that's bad. I think what you're saying without there being that, that uh, acknowledging your own woundedness and leaning into healing and then being open to share that with those around you as a leader, all the architecting in the world won't create that culture did i capture that properly yes 100 percent. now that doesn't mean that the architecting is bad the architecting is great and is is necessary and important as well we're not throwing that out we're just saying exactly what you just said and you know if you're listening to this watching this get back hear what john said again and, and repeat it it's the architecting without doing this other piece will be impotent it will be right. ineffectual and be ineffective in that, that this is the power, the heart, the soul that um, enables that architecture to be effective. Right. So something as simple as a pastor in front of a congregation saying, last week as I was working through this issue with my counselor, I, this came to mind, blah, blah, blah. Suddenly, counseling is not for crazy people that are, you know what I mean? Now, suddenly, totally. someone who's a spiritual leader is living this. Um, yes, there's jaw yeah. drops across the room, you know, mm-hmm. where, and you're going to, it's going to be a mixed bag, you know, that there's going to be folks that are so heavily defended against their own brokenness, you know, that mm-hmm. they use, they right. have this shame in their own head yeah. that berates <laughs> them for acknowledging yeah. their own weakness and whatnot. That's going to get projected yeah. on anybody else that does that because it touches in yeah. their own stuff. You can't avoid that. That's just going to be part of it. But the vast yeah. majority of folks are going to be so hit with that in a way that goes, whoa, I can relate yeah. with this person because they're human yeah. like I am. And uh, yeah. whoa, if they can be someone I deeply respect and uh, admire and set at the feet of to learn, and they have struggles like I have struggles, 
Yeah. And they engage a pathway to healing. Maybe I can too. Right. I think that may be one of the revolutions in the last 15 years that I've seen. Yes. Is counselors were, were almost equated to, uh, you know, physical therapy. You have to be broken mm -hmm. to need that yes. versus, no, I, I have a physical trainer that makes me healthier and stronger. Yes. You know, you, you have to be, you have to be sick to need a doctor. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. or you, you can be confused about your own soul and, yes. and reach out for help. And, and now that, would you agree that most of the taboo of counseling has been removed? Other than like you're saying, I was I would say in a to a huge degree, particular with millennials and younger, and yeah. that, you know I would say that the um, for millennials and younger, it is um, largely dissolved and addressed in a way that um, you know it's defended in the sense of yeah. people kind of recognizing, hey, this is yeah. a, this is a thing. There's still a bit of struggle with uh, older than that millennial generation kind of coming to terms with it, which is what creates some difficulty. And given that a lot of folks that are in you know the senior leadership roles, you know, a lot of times are of that little bit older generation. And so they're yeah. maybe having difficulty um you know, empowering their staff or in their team to be able to acknowledge these things. They're res reticent to engage their own work. That's right. that they're of a generation where showing vulnerability or communicating vulnerability is weakness. And yeah. uh, the leader is supposed to be detached and kind of, you know, above those things a little bit and not share that yeah. with their staff. So there's a battle there that is the battle for the culture of our churches um right and when we lose that battle the culture gets real unhealthy and you lose right. the respect I've seen it and uh, yeah. your younger ministers that are not um super dysfunctional you know that don't have dad baggage that's reflects that of the leader of that church and so they know how yeah. to relate to it and so they stay bail and are going some yeah right there so, Jim, uh, why don't you bring us home? Uh, I, I, before you yeah. do, Josh, can I just say thanks again? Uh, yeah. Appreciate yeah. you being with us. Been so rich, been so rewarding uh, uh, to spend uh, two podcasts with you. And again, I'm excited for the audience the Lord has allowed us to have, to hear this, to watch this, and to, and to be benefited by it. I'm so yeah. glad to be here. It's a real joy for me. So, Josh, once once again, if someone did want to reach out to you or some of the people on your team, how would they go about connecting with you? Yeah, they should just jump online, plug into your web browser, whatever that is, mycounselor.online. It's mycounselor.online. And there you'll be able to find out about our mental health memberships, where you can kind of join both preventatively as well as uh -huh. if in a time of crises and um, kind of do your own work. Right Love it. Thanks. And John, as always, if they want to hear from Converge or we can help them in any way, it's convergecoach.com. And there's a half hour that we can spend helping them in any way that, that, that Converge helps people. And I think you said it really well last on the last week's episode. And that is, if, and if we can't help you, we won't pretend that we can. We will, right. we will send you to people we know that do a great job in that area. We're networked with a lot of other ministries and, and businesses and professionals that do great things. And, uh, 
our goal, all of us, all three of us, I, we're just hoping, we're praying that today's conversation is helpful to many, many people. And that's the heart of, of you know, my, my counselor. And that's, the, that's the, the heart of Converge. And that's the heart of Jesus. So God bless you, fellas. Thanks for being a part of this. God bless you, our listeners and watchers. And we are rooting for you, cheering for you. It's Tuesday and you haven't quit. That's saying something, right? You're still here. So God bless you as you continue to lead from alignment.